my mom was everything that I could have ever needed and wanted in a mother. You know, I know when I wet the bed that she was probably not too excited to clean my sheets, but she never made a stink about it. <laughs> See what I did there? Because she helped build my love for God so strong. And if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be as involved in church as I am, where I belong. Our moms always put her all into everything she's done for us. Our mom is the type of mom who would drop everything she was doing just to talk to us if we're having a bad day. Yeah, she is an incredible mommy. She uh, puts needs of everybody else in this house before her needs every single day. She showed me how to be committed, faithful, and truly about family. See, she handpicked me from an orphanage at age eight and for 21 years has loved me unconditionally. The penguin to our glacier. My mom has the most giving heart of anyone I've ever met. I mean, have you seen this guy? Seen me? You guys have seen his video, right? We've been through some really tough times together. Our first child was born with some medical issues and, and I couldn't have went through that without her. Uh, she kept me strong. Keep me moving forward. She never leaves time for herself to really do anything, let alone go by herself or buy herself anything nice. Um, my mom rocks, like legit, like she's the number one mom that I could ever have. She does her hair so great that she can tangle it up like, like put, put pretty things on it. My mom's always gone the extra mile to make sure that None of us are ever without. My father passed away in June, but she's never lost her sense of purpose or joy. She's awesome. She's always been there for me, and I know now she'll be here for Adrienne. I also would like it to be known that only two times have I forgotten to clip my daughter into her car seat. For the, for the last 12 years, she's been helping us with our paper ad so we can make money. She's nice. She gets us food. food. She reads me the Bible. Happy Mother's Day, Mom! I love her that much! Can you say, we love you, Mommy? We love, we love you, Mommy! You, Mommy. Well, good morning, everybody. It is such a wonderful thing to be able to pamper the moms today because all of you who are moms know that it can get very, very chaotic and stressful. And today we're going to be talking about what would Jesus say to moms? And I believe that he wants to help us out with that stress. And, you know, uh, when I was a younger mom and my four little ones were, uh, you know, in grade school, and you can see a picture of them, they look really, really calm and darling, don't they? And they really were once in a great while. But getting them ready for school in the morning was really, really chaotic. And this one particular morning, uh, I was just off from the very onset of the day. And I was tired, I was stressed, and mornings were like just getting everybody dressed and fed and out the door was just a Herculean effort. Well, this particular morning was made complicated by the fact that we were on another one of our health kicks. And this particular health kick involved juicing. And that meant that you bought these 10 pound bags of huge carrots that looks like the kind you feed horses and you clean those and you run them through a juicer with any kind of green vegetable, and this is affectionately known as green drink. And the horrible parents that we were, we made our children drink one of these green drinks before breakfast every day. And they got quite creative, they hated those things, they still hate the us for it, 
Uh, it's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons we offer to pay for the counseling of our adult children now. But anyway, um, Deanna, my baby, got real creative and she learned that she could spill hers. And many days, I, was, I would even find myself saying, Deanna, if you vomit that up, you are drinking another one before you eat breakfast. Yes, I was a terrible mother. So anyway, this particular morning was stressful. I knew we were running behind. I needed to get everybody to cooperate. And the boys were always teasing the girls, and the girls were coming to me saying, they're teasing me, and I would tell them not to let it bother them, and all of this kind of stuff. And the kitchen was a mess, but I knew we had to get to school, I had to get to work. And so I told them, I'm going upstairs, I want everybody to just do your dishes, bring them up to the sink, get your stuff and be ready to go in the car. And so I went upstairs and of course when I come down, they had done none of that. Everybody's just, you know, ornery. And you know, I just, the stress was just building and building and building and I lost it. And so I took one of those giant horse carrots and I <laughs> threw it as hard as I could against the wall and that thing exploded like a stick of dynamite, which amazed the kids. Their eyes got this big. And then what happened next was not one of my finer moments, but I clenched my fists and I jumped up and down with both feet and I put out the shrillest, most loud, repetitive screaming you could ever hear. It was a literal adult-sized tantrum. One that I might add my children love to imitate to this day. <laughs> Little brats. <laughs> and so my poor husband rushes into the room to see what has set off his wife by 8 o'clock in the morning. And he sees what's going on. He sizes up the situation. And he pulls me aside. And he puts his arms around me. And he smiles. And he says, let me help you out with this. And then it was at that moment that I got to behold the amazing power that my husband wielded in that family. Because without raising his voice or yelling or anything, he just looked at them, they knew he meant business, and before you knew it, they were doing everything that they were supposed to be doing. And I believe that today as we talk about what would Jesus say to moms, that Jesus just like my husband did for me, wants to step in with his amazing power and help us out with the stress in our lives, help us out with the problems in our lives. And we're going to see how he, how he can do that for us. And so um, lucky for us, the Bible has some instructions about this because the Apostle Paul himself felt overwhelmed at times. And so we're going to read in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 what he said about how he handled that stress. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, he says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. So Paul uses some visual images, which is what we're going to capitalize on to, and he talks about this treasure that we have. Well, what is the treasure that he had that we also have too? And that is the good news of the love of Jesus Christ. John 3.16, you may have heard it quoted many times, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who would ever call on his name would not perish but have everlasting life. God loves the world. He loves you. He loves me. And he sent his son to purchase eternal life for us. And before Jesus left the earth, he said to us, I don't want you to just keep this treasure to yourself. I want you to take it to your world. Take the love of God to your world. Take this eternal life. And you see moms doing that every day. Moms who have become followers of Christ, they are so concerned about the spiritual well-being of their children. They want to take the love of Christ to their world. And even moms who have not become followers of Christ, they are very busy about taking love and nurturing to their world. And so that is this treasure that we have this job of taking the love of Christ to our world. But it's funny because then Paul uses this analogy of a jar of clay to put this treasure in. And that jar of clay is symbolic of the body that you and I have. And he's saying, I, God took this really amazing, big, life-impacting job, and he put it in this this body of yours, which is like a jar of clay, which is really just kind of an ordinary breakable thing. You would think that you would put a treasure in something really covert, strong, and uh, something like a safe that's made of steel and has a password and a lock and all of that kind of stuff, but it's this jar of clay. And I love that image because if you look at these that I've brought here, they're all so different. And that's symbolic of us. You know, you see this one here. I love this one. This one just tells a story of its own. It's been weathered, and it's endured, and it's been around for a while, and it's heavy, and uh, it, it's something real durable. And then you have this one that is just very useful and utilitarian and large. And then you have these really beautiful, polished ones, and they're delicate, and they're ornamental. And it's just like each of us have these talents and these gifts that God has given us. And I believe he gives us a little piece of himself to, dis to display the, to the earth. And that helps us to take our treasure into people's lives. And so some of you moms are just like my mother-in-law is. She was this amazing worker. She had seven boys and she just worked from sun up past sundown and just did endless selfless acts of love for her family. Some of you moms are like my mom, who is just the very bubbly and cheerful type and very encouraging, and she just walks into a room and brings a lot of laughter and encouragement, and you feel better about yourself after she has talked to you. And then some people are just amazing organizers. They take, they take the, like, big projects and they know how to break them down into simple pieces and then just make it move with excellence. And so each of us moms, each of us human beings has a different piece of God that we reflect to the earth and we take this treasure to the earth through that earthen vessel. But I think because sometimes we're working so hard on polishing our little vessel, our little jar of clay, we forget that we are breakable. And we, you know, and it is good to work hard on your talents and your gifts and your strengths. It is good to work hard at doing the things you bring to this earth. But we do have to remember we're breakable because the point is that there is an all-surpassing power that God gives to us. And it is the only thing that's really going to get us through taking our treasure to the world because we are going to meet up with some challenges that are very overwhelming. So I needed to pick a visual image for this all-surpassing power of God. And so I, you know, there's no way you could really pick any one image because 
the power of God is just infinite. But I thought it would be really cool to use this image of a tidal wave. And the reason is because a tidal wave is not only very powerful, but you can surf it. You can ride that wave. And Paul is saying that because he knew that he was breakable, just a breakable jar of clay, and he had this priceless treasure to get to the world and it would be met with challenges, he knew that he would have to rely on this all-surpassing power of God. And so he basically learned to catch a wave. And so when we're asking ourselves, what would Jesus say to moms? I believe he would say, come and catch a wave. And so Paul said, you know, normally when you are hard-pressed on every side, you're crushed, but because of the all-surpassing power of God, we were not crushed. How many of you have ever felt like you were hard-pressed on every side? I mean, that can happen in, in a mom's life. That could happen just about any day. The kids are making noise. You have had no sleep. Financial problems may exist. You might have a, a physical issue in your body or one of the kids might be sick. You might have relational challenges going around. And it's like, every single way you turn there is some kind of a challenge that wants to kind of rob your joy and keep you from taking this love into the world that you impact he said that we were perplexed but because of the all-surpassing power of god we were not in despair have you ever just been perplexed i'd say on a weekly basis i can get perplexed because sometimes you just can't think of a good answer for a problem Sometimes there's too many good answers and you're not sure which path to take. We can be perplexed. People who know God and love God can be very perplexed. But if we know that we can catch a wave of God's all-surpassing power, we don't have to be in despair. He also said we were persecuted but not abandoned. You know, uh, in Paul's day, persecution meant that people were trying to kill him. You and I have some annoying persecutions, though, and it can really keep us up at night. It can really rob our joy. Have you ever had someone who was just nasty to you at work? Maybe somebody who is uh, gossiping about you, trying to keep you from getting a promotion. Somebody who is sabotaging the relationships around you because they're bad-mouthing you. Or someone you really genuinely want to have a relationship with, but they are just nasty to you. Those are the things that really can break our hearts and they can break our spirits and they can take our joy away from us and make it very difficult to show that love of Jesus to the world, to our world. And Paul said, if we know about the all-surpassing power of God, that we don't have to feel abandoned by God in those times, but we can catch a wave of his power. And finally, Paul said, we were struck down, but because of the all-surpassing power of God, we were not destroyed you know, I think there are times in all of our lives where we feel like we have been dealt a death knell, and it, it absolutely takes our breath away. Sometimes that is a, a death or a loss in the family or a friend. Somebody is gone, a, a terrible illness. Uh, sometimes it is a job loss. Sometimes it is a financial crash of some sort in our lives. Uh, sometimes it's a divorce something very nasty and something very hurtful. And we feel like I will never be the same again. My life will never be the same. I'll never be able to joyfully, lovingly take this treasure into the world again because I am so broken. But if we learn how to catch a wave, we can let that all-surpassing power of God take us somewhere we could have never gone in and of ourselves. So what would Jesus say to moms? He would say, come and catch a wave. 
Now, when I was a younger mom, I didn't always know how to catch a wave, and so sometimes stress got the best of me. And it wasn't always like earth-shattering, life-shaking type things. Sometimes it was just the day-to-day -day chipping away at your energy. And so I remember uh, my sister and Lori and I, who are twins, we had our seven children in real close proximity. I had four children, she had three, and she lived in the area at the time. And so we got this brilliant idea, and we said, hey, how about one Thursday, I'll watch all seven of the kids, and you go out, and we're brilliant, and you go out, and you have a day to yourself, get your errands done, have some me time, do what you want, and then the next Thursday, you watch all seven of the kids. Well, that lasted about a month, mostly because of my kids, <laughs> because um, one day Lori's watching the kids, and she calls me, and she goes, come and get your kids right now. <laughs> I'm like, well, uh, what happened? <laughs> She's, well, David, who was about this tall at the time, was forever dressing up like a cowboy. Well, he had managed to lasso her five-shelf toy shelf, which was made of steel, I think. He managed to loosen it from the wall and pull it down, totally missing his head and body. Thank God, he was fine. But that, those shelves contained all the games with all the little tiny pieces and all the thousand-piece puzzles that they had. And so he was fine, thank God, but she was left with a mess. Another time, I went back, I was all refreshed after having this wonderful day to myself, and I go to pick up the kids, and there's Lori consoling my two little daughters on her lap, and their faces were red from crying and bawling. And I said, what in the world is wrong? And she said, Deanna and Michelle saw a spot on the wall that they thought might be a bug. And they have been bawling for hours <laughs> over it. <laughs> and so um, we're still big on bugs in our family. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, just things like that, you know, and, you know, that doesn't mean your other problems go away just because there's a lot of noise and exhausting things going on. You still have all your other challenges in life to deal with, but things like that used to get the best of me, and I didn't know how to catch a wave. So, luckily, Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians to talk more about how he learned to catch a wave, and we're going to read that right now in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said... Um, well, let me, let me preface this by saying that Paul had it pretty rough. Now, he was facing life and death situations every day, and he knew that every single day when he opened his eyes, he was going to face some kind of really overwhelming challenge. So his first line of defense was to go to God and just say, hey, please, can we lighten this up a little bit, God? And so uh, he's just saying, please, can we just make this just load a little bit lighter? And this is how God answers him. In 12.9, he says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. This is the nitty-gritty of how we learn to catch a wave. So you can notice several different things going on in Paul's life here. The first thing he realizes 
is that I'm going to do my best to manage in this life. I'm going to use all the wisdom I can, all the strength I can, but I am not going to continually use all of my energy to knock on the doors of heaven and whine and complain and say, why do I have to face all these difficulties and challenges and when am I going to feel stronger and when is all of this going to end? Paul realized that that was not the route God was going to take him. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. We are going to face challenges, and we have to accept that. The second thing is that Paul had to learn to embrace the fact that he is just weak. Uh, as strong as he was, this was no uh, sissy guy. He was a tough guy. He was facing death all the time. But in all of our strength, there are still those times that we really just don't measure up to the challenge that we will face. And um, this has become, now since the old days, I have learned a few things, and this has become one of my favorite ways to pray. In my weakness, your power be made perfect, God. Because you know what? A lot of days I wake up and I think about some of the things I'm going to maybe face, maybe some of the things I have to do, and I don't feel I measure up. And so I just go to God now. Instead of whining and complaining, I go, hey, God, I got nothing here. But I thank you that in my weakness, your power is going to be made perfect today. And we begin to just accept the fact that we're breakable, and that sometimes we just don't have all the answers, but that's good news because in our weakness, his power will be made perfect. And then the third thing that Paul began to do here is he began to actually delight in weaknesses, hardships, insults, persecutions, and difficulties. When is the last time you had a difficult day in progress and you just decided to get really excited about it? That has not happened very often for me either. That is not the first thing I think to do is, hey, let's get really excited. This is going really tough today. But that is what Paul learned to do. And why? He learned to do that because he knew that not only in his weakness would God's power be made perfect, but in his weakness, he would become strong. And so how did he learn to catch a wave? He started, first of all, to look for waves. Surfers look for waves. They go out fully expecting to find some waves. And so in our prayer time in the mornings and, and throughout the day, we can say, Lord, I know that I am weak today. I know that I don't have all the answers. I know that I am breakable. But you know what? I am looking for your waves to ride today. I am looking for waves of your grace today. And how do those waves come? Well, come, they can come in hundreds of ways, but I'll just name a few. One way that they can come is that the Holy Spirit, if you have become a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, and he's called a comforter and a counselor. He can give you wisdom. The Holy Spirit can just give you wisdom, and that can be a wave that you can ride in through your situation. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will just bring a scripture back to your mind that you have read once before or twice before. This is why it is an excellent idea to read the Bible on a regular basis because it gives the Holy something, uh, the Holy something, the Holy Spirit something to bring back to your remembrance when you are going through a difficult time. And so we look for these different waves to surf. Uh, sometimes that can come in the form of a great belly laugh. Did you ever just have a day where you are just kind of out of it and down and all of a sudden something just happens that makes you laugh your fool head off and all of a sudden you feel a whole lot better 
and a whole lot stronger. Sometimes just the joy of the Lord or sometimes just something really, really funny will get you strengthened. Sometimes it could be the opposite. It could be a great cry. Women, we know what this is. Once in a while, a great cry is what energizes. I think this puzzles men a lot, but it does work. Um, sometimes it can be a friend's good word to you, a friend that comes up and just says the right thing. They didn't even know what you were going through, but they come up and they tell you something and it helps you. You hear something on the radio or on a podcast or on TV or whatever, or in a song even, that helps you ride the wave. And so there are these different ways that we could ride waves in our lives, and we can surf those waves. So what would Jesus say to moms? Come and catch a wave today. Now, sometimes it is the really big stuff, not just the little annoying things, but it really is something very big that is stealing our joy and making it very, very difficult to bring our treasure to the world. And uh, we had something happen in our life that I look back on as the, the most nasty trial that I have ever faced in my life. And that was that our son David, when he was leaving for um, college, he was uh, graduated from high school, leaving, and he went to California to pursue what he thought that God wanted him to do and go to school out there. And he began to have these disturbing symptoms in his body. And at first, we didn't think a ton of it. He was having headaches and sore throats and stomach aches and things like that. So he went to the doctor, and they gave him the typical treatments for those things, some antibiotics and different things. And Things were not getting better, but they were getting worse and more severe. And then they would, doctors would send him to a specialist for this and a specialist for that. And they really weren't coming up with any kind of diagnosis, but things were getting worse and no treatments were helping. So this was disturbing, and now it was becoming kind of serious. And um, finally, we said uh, it, was, it started behaving kind of like mono would, although it wasn't mono, where he had no energy. He couldn't really lift his head off the pillow for very long. And, uh, he was just not able to go to school anymore, go to work or anything. So we said to him, David, you need to just come back home and be with us while we figure out what's going on with you. And so uh, from that point on, you know, the doctors were saying, look, we really don't know what's going on with him. So we felt led in our hearts to take him to the nutritionist that, um, that our kids did hate us for because of the carrot juice, that guy. <laughs> um, and he began to help us and treat David. Well, he diagnosed him with two superbugs. One was a Lyme superbug and one was strep. And these superbugs are resistant to antibiotics, and this is why David was having the trouble that he was having. And so, you know, as a mom, this just took my breath away. And I didn't know much about Lyme disease, but I had begun to look it up and study it, and it, it is not a pleasant thing. It was a very challenging thing. And so now I am, now I am serious business. This is, this is hitting me hard. And so uh, at the same time, our son Joe is getting ready to get married. And so this is a very, very celebratory time in our family, and him and Aaron are going to get married. And so on the one hand, I have one son that is, I want to wholeheartedly celebrate what's going on in his life. And on the other hand, I have a son, and my heart is breaking because I don't know what is happening here. And I'm praying, and I'm doing all the things I know to do, but it came time to where I had to decide, you know, normally I would just throw a big shower for, you know, for my daughter-in-law. I wanted to throw this big shower, and I had this idea. I was really into making gingerbread houses at the time, and I thought, I am going to make 
a gingerbread house centerpiece for each table. Now, there were going to be 14 tables, and it was going to be little church houses, and they'd have the stained glass windows made out of candy, and they'd light up, and there'd be a gingerbread bride and a gingerbread groom. It was going to be so cute, and I wanted to make 14 of these things. But the mom in me was just brokenhearted, and I thought, you know, am I being a terrible mother? Because there's a part of me as a mom that wanted to just keep vigil and hover over the situation that was happening with my other son, David. And I thought, you know, m maybe I know I'm praying and reading my Bible already, but maybe I should just not have, take all the rest of my life and move it over here and not really pay a lot of attention to the rest of my life. And maybe I should just hover over the situation and just pray nonstop night and day. And maybe I should give up food. And, you know, all of these different things go through your mind that if I am a good mother, I am going to give all of my focus and attention into making this work. And uh, so I was perplexed because I didn't really know what to do. And so the old me uh, would have just succumbed to that. I would have just said, you know, a good mom drops all the rest of her life and she hovers over and keeps vigil over the one child that is having a problem or the one problem in her family. But I knew that there was no peace in that. I knew that that was birthed out of fear and anxiety and I was just getting uh, torn up on the inside. No life was coming to me. And so I prayed and I said, Lord, I need to know what to do here. And so just like I mentioned, the Holy Spirit start bringing this wave to me. And he brought a scripture to me that I had learned before. In James, it says, count it all joy when you fall into these different challenges. The trying of your faith is going to work patience. And I had heard teachers and preachers over the years talk about this phrase, count it all joy. And they said, you know, if you're really going to count it all joy, you are going to kind of really just bake a cake and throw a party. It's just that kind of a meaning to it is bake a cake and throw a party when you have all these different challenges facing you. And the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to bake your cakes and I want you to throw your party. And I'll tell you what, I caught a wave of energy and strength and joy that took me into this surge um, and I began to bake those 14 gingerbread houses. <laughs> and it took weeks and weeks and weeks to do it. And I'll tell you, those ended up being the sweetest times ever because I was able to listen to my Bible on an audio. I was able to listen to worship music and worship God. I was able to pray while I was doing it. And it ended up being the most edifying time for me. And you know what? By the time that waves start going into the time of the wedding, David started to get good reports. He started to get a little stronger. In a period of time, he got stronger and stronger and stronger. And I'm so pleased to tell you that 10 years later, he is back in California pursuing the dream that he had 10 years ago. And I am so very grateful to God for that. So I just want to say this to you. You know, sometimes moms, we, we want to hover over everything. We want to fix it so no bad thing could ever happen to anybody. And if something bad happens, we're just going to use all of our might and we're going to fix it all. We're just going to, you know. There was a, a, a mom in the Bible who faced that, and that was Moses' mother. At the time that Moses was being born, uh, the pharaoh king of Egypt decided he wanted all the babies to be killed. All the baby boys were to be killed. And Moses' mother took her little baby and she hid him. 
She said, my baby is not going to be killed. And she hovered over him. And that worked for a little while, but then time was moving on, and she knew she wasn't going to be able to hide him and hover over him for very long. So she had to catch a wave. And so she asked God what to do, and he led her to make a little boat out of papyrus and put her little infant baby in that boat. Now, can you even imagine, as a mom of an infant, can you even imagine what that would feel like to say, Lord, I no longer can protect my baby. I'm going to send him off into your care. And that's exactly what she did. So she sent her baby down the river, and that little boat floated right to the Pharaoh's daughter who had compassion on him, and she decided to raise him. And what was really cool is Moses' sister, her old, his older sister, was standing by Pharaoh's daughter and said, hey, want me to get someone to nurse the baby for you? And she ended up getting Moses' mother. And so sometimes moms, we have to, we have to let go. We have to say that God cares for my child even more than I do. And, and we have to have that sensation of letting go. And we have to catch a wave. And often when we do that, we'll find that God will bring these blessings right back into our lives, just the way Moses' Moses' mother had it happen for them. But what would Jesus say to moms? He would say, come and catch a wave. And I want to pray for you right now that you will, in your life situations, be able to remember that you can do so much in your own strength, but that at the end of the day, you are breakable, and that there is an all-surpassing power that God wants to give you if you will look for those waves and catch them. So let's bow our heads and pray. Father, right now, I pray for everybody in this room, but especially the moms, moms that are worried about their children, moms that are worried about so many different things in lives, that they want to nurture everybody in their lives, but they're falling short, they're feeling overwhelmed. I ask that you, by the Holy Spirit, would help them Help them to remember to look for the waves and catch a wave and ride your strength into the situation and see what your power will do for them. And I thank you that as they're going throughout their day and their week, that you will help them to do that very thing. And now while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I want to just give an opportunity. There might be somebody in here you didn't know that God was this loving. Maybe you thought of God as somebody up there with a lightning bolt ready to strike you if you didn't do something right. But God really loves you. And he wanted to make it so that you could have this treasure, this treasure in your jar of clay, this treasure of eternal life, this treasure of the gift of Jesus and the salvation he purchased for you. Do you know that God made it so simple? You don't have to be perfect before you can receive that gift, all you have to do is just decide that you want to sincerely, with all your heart, make Jesus the Lord of your life. We're going to say a prayer today, and those who've already uh, done this, received Jesus into their heart, they're going to pray out loud, and if you would like to do that for the first time, just pray along with them, and you can receive the gift of eternal life. So let's pray. Dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending him to save me. Jesus, I acknowledge that you are the Lord of my life. You died for my sins and set me free. I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Come into my life. 
and help me to walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen.